Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver and... Welcome to Real People, Real Talk. Yes, the podcast ministry that equips you to thrive mentally, spiritually, and relationally. And as you can tell, I'm joined today by popular demand by my lovely wife, Slim. What up, what up? Today's episode is all about thriving in your relationships, especially in your marriage. Yes, the title of today's episode is Why Marriages Fail. We are joined today by Ahmad Rashad and Toya Simmons out of Dallas, Texas. Yes, and if you was to look up the word overcomer in the dictionary, you will see a picture of Ahmad and Toya. As they were almost divorced right before year seven, um, they also overcame miscarriage, broken yeah. trust, unexpected yeah. loss of a parent. They are all about marriage ministry, and I'm so glad they, that they have joined us today. And so welcome to the show, friends. Hey, thank what's you. going thank on? You yes, glad to be you. here. Yes. Right on. Glad y'all are here. And before we get into the conversation, babe, could you read some scripture that's going to guide our conversation as we have an open and honest conversation about marriage? Of course. Mark 10, 7 through 9 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Amen. So Ahmad and Toya, tell us a little bit about your love story. How did y'all meet and how long y'all been together? So we met uh, many years ago. I was what? I was like 21. He was 24 or something. We met at the club. We met at the club. So um, we dated for about six months, ended it, picked up where we left off six months later and was together for seven years. Then we got married. It's a good number. (laughs) <laughs> so dated for seven years, got yeah. married, um, was married for a few years, had a son. He's eight now. Yeah. And we just celebrated 12 years. Yeah, man. Nice. Yes. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. And so they, they did an Instagram post that really caught my attention. They listed mm-hmm. the top eight overlooked reasons that marriages fail. And so together, yeah. all four of us, we're just going to unpack these eight reasons. So let's go. All yes. right. Reason number one, lack of investment. So tell us what you guys mean by that. What does it look like to invest in your marriage? Investing in the marriage in general is is really serving one another. You know, what are you doing to um, pour into your spouse is the general way of looking at it. So like, how are you going to serve your spouse? Like, are you doing or what I like to say is, are you creating the environment for your spouse to be successful, right? Um, so investing in your relationship is what are the things that you're doing to create an environment to allow that your spouse to be the best that they can be so that they can lead, lead the lives that they're they're called to do, you know, from God, right? Um, so that may uh, involve things such as um, studying your spouse, you know, things like, what does your spouse like? What does your spouse don't like? What are your spouse hot buttons? What are their spouse cold buttons? You know, um, and not only just knowing that, but then you implement it. Right. So it's like once you know what buttons not to push, don't push them. Right. Preach. <laughs> uh, when you know what buttons you should push, go ahead and push those. Right. Uh, when you know what your spouse likes, do those things, you know, even if it feels uncomfortable to you. Right. And that's the other side of creating the environment is also looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what is it that I need to do for myself so that I can, you know, truly create that environment? Because a lot of times is, you know, things that we're struggling with, like it may be uncomfortable for you to uh, be emotionally, you know, to, to emotional to your spouse. For example, you may not want to say your spouse looks good or they're attractive or anything like that. And, um, you have to work on yourself on that, you know, because it may feel uncomfortable for you to say things like that, but it's great for your spouse. So that's what it means by like investing is like working on yourself, coming out of your comfort zone and creating that environment for your spouse to be successful. 
you, you hit the ground running. Those are some things that we do to kind of invest in one another. We make sure we connect to God individually, but we also connect to God together. We go to church yeah. together. We worship together. We pray together. Um, we yeah. do a reading plan together. The one we're doing now, I think it's by David and Tamala Mann. It's talking about communication yeah. in your marriage. And that's been, that's been good for us. And we also mm. like to have fun together. We make sure that as my wife yeah. is a teacher and I'm a pastor and, you know, life mm. can get busy. We make sure we carve our time to still travel, um, to still go on dates and to love one another. So that's an excellent point. Number one, lack of investment. All right. Number two, unforgiveness. Uh Oh, we go in there. Ephesians 432 says, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And I say this at every wedding that I officiate to be Mm -hmm. great at marriage. You must be great at forgiveness. And so I'm going to throw it to y'all. Could y'all unpack that? What did y'all mean by that? Go ahead, Toya. So let me say, because what I'm running into a lot is, you know, just people holding on to stuff, right? Out of fear that it's not going to stop. And this is why it's so important to have a spouse that loves God first. Right. Now I can't, I can't, I can't talk to someone that's in a marriage where there is no God, right? Because everything that we talk about, the foundation is in Christ. And if your foundation is in self, you're not even, you can't relay, you can't understand. You're just, you're not going to get it. But when your foundation is in Jesus Christ, it's like, look, how many times do you mess up and you are forgiven? Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are that you cannot do the same thing in your marriage? And I understand our flesh though, where where the fear is, but it's going to happen again. I don't want to keep doing it and look like a weak one. I don't want to look stupid. You know, I don't want people to be like, oh, look at what, what all you're going through over and over and over. You stupid for always forgiving. But this is why it's so important to understand your spouse. Like what Ahmad said, understand your spouse, know that when they repent, it is really a true repentance. And even if we slip and fall, give grace. Have those conversations when you are praying together and reading the word together and doing these things together. You know that it's not empty. It's not empty promises. Um, and so that's where the forgiveness comes in is you have to do it over and over. Like you you have to get to a point where you're aware yeah. that our father in heaven is doing it for you. So you can then do it here on earth, especially in your marriage. Yeah, <laughs> that's so you that's. Like, I mean, but that little emphasis, like you're you two are in now, like that is you against is God, your spouse, then everybody else, yeah. Yeah. and it's people say it, but they don't, they don't mean it. Yeah, yeah. So preaching now. To mean it. Yeah, that's true. This is it. Walk it out. Yeah. Exactly. I remember when <laughs> Jesus was talking to Peter, Peter was like, how, how often should I forgive, Lord, seven times seven? And was well, seven times, and Jesus was like, no, seven times 70. And you do the math, it's 490, which is really not about the math. It's really more about forgiving over and over again. Like, it's, we'll be honest, it's not easy, yeah. but that's Go what ahead. God has called us to do. God hasn't called us to a life of ease. God has not called us to a life of comfort. And the same thing that you said, Toy, my wife said the same thing. Like, if I offend her, who is she? Well, you say it better than me. How you say it? Ooh, don't try to steal my stuff. I know. How you say <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I use this because I'm like, how can I not forgive him when every single day I wake up, God's forgiven me? Like, yeah. and that's how I keep myself in check because it's like, you want to stay mad. Like, you don't want to be like, because I used to be that person. I'm like, man, I get over stuff too easily. Like, I need to hold on to this a little bit. Like, it just happened. I need to hold on to this. I had to get to the point to where I was like, why does it have to, why do I have to hold on to it? Like God forgive me every single step of the way. Why can I do that for my husband? Why can I do that for other people? And so when I got to that point, I was like, okay, yeah. Like I prayed about it. God got it now. I'm good. Let's go. Let's keep moving. And so I love that. Like being able to forgive people is, that's a big big blessing to have and i don't th- i think people take it lightly because mm-hmm. in the society that we're living in it's like oh well if something doesn't fit your needs or if you don't need it just let it go just go you don't need right. it just whatever forget about them move on and it's like right. that's not where what where i'm trying to be in my marriage like right. that's not even yeah, marriage yeah you do that to a you know a friend or whatever right. but you can't do that to your spouse it's covenant it's, it's a different scenario yeah it's covenant. Yeah. You know, forgiveness is not an emotional thing. And I think that's, you know, 
tie biblical truths to emotion and that's that that doesn't work you know biblical truths stand alone right (laughs) and it's not tied into an emotion at all (laughs) none of them (laughs) because if we're honest here we don't wake up every day feeling like always loving our spouse based on how they may have treated us the day before right so love is more than a feeling but even if i don't feel it i know that i made a commitment and I like yeah, the word that you used, Toya. I made a covenant mm-hmm. before yeah. God to my spouse yeah. in front of our family and friends. We forget yeah. about witnesses. that. Right. They're, they're witnesses. They're not just guests, but they're witnesses. And so I need to honor that commitment. Number three of the overlooked reasons why marriages fail is not showing up for your spouse. So what does that look like to show up for your spouse? Yeah, not showing up is... That's just saying selfishness. That's mm-hmm. that's self, being selfish, um, mm-hmm. self-indulgent, um, worrying about yourself uh, and, and, and not your spouse, um, not handling your spousal duties. Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't say gender roles. Come I on. Spousal duties, right? Exactly. Not handling your spousal duties, you know, just really, you know, not being, you know, present, you know, in your marriage. And unfortunately, we've seen that a lot. <laughs> um where there are spouses that are just they checked out. Now, of course, there's other reasons why that happens, but for us, you know, we we really try to stay present and we hold each other accountable. Um, whenever someone's on the phone a little bit longer than normal, maybe I'm playing Call of Duty a little bit more than what I need to be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> someone might be you know looking at you know uh houses to rent you know a little bit more than, than normal you know <laughs> so uh, so but but yeah but it, sometimes people might use work maybe mm. you're you know spending a little bit too much time at work you know um a lot of times people think like oh you're hanging out with your homeboys or your homegirls too much it's like no nah, sometimes maybe you might be spending too much time at church mm. you know <laughs> You know, you need home sometimes, you know, you're doing a lot more ministry than you need to. Your your home is your main is your main ministry. You know, so so sometimes, you know, we we have to deal with couples like that, you know, where they're always, you know, serving other people, but not serving their spouse. And it could be little things. Uh, Yeah, it could be little things like I'm going to tell you something that I have been guilty of that I really have to think about. Like, let's say I, I now my works from home and I'm out. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a respiratory therapist, so I'm out. I will be coming home and I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten all day. I'm starving. I'm just going to go ahead through this drive through, get me something, eat in the car and then come home. And he will see the trash <laughs> and be <laughs> like, you didn't think to stop and give me something. And I'm like, well, I ate it in the car. I was just so hungry. You went to Chick-fil-A. Ooh, and you know, yeah. it's they close tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> you know. Chicken. And so it could be even little yeah, things because yeah. that that for me, I'm guilty of that. Or I'll come home and, you know, yeah. our son is chilling, doing whatever he's chilling in his empty box. We call it empty box when you're at rest. Right. No yeah. thinking. That's when he's playing his video game on his phone. He don't do it a lot, but that's his empty box. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, OK, they're chilling. I'm going to go ahead and heat me up something to eat and not ask them if they want anything. I'm just going to heat up meat, something good. and sit down and eat. And then he'll be like, me and my son, like, you, uh, you <laughs> If we and I'm just like, but y'all was doing whatever, you know. So and it's like lit, it's small, but it can just wear down. Yeah, that's really good. You know what I'm saying? Little the little little over time. Yeah. So I have to think like, yeah, okay. And if I don't bad. take out the trash, it's like, like, come on, you know, you see the trash piling up, you know. It's 10 o'clock at night. You know, I'm not going, she's not going out there to take the trash out, you know? So that's, and she don't want it there overnight because it's going to smell bad in the morning. So she's like, you know, like, come on, like it's the little things, right? So I I have to make sure I'm present. Right. That's one of those Mm -hmm. buttons that you don't push. Y'all are right. It's the little things. The Bible says, thinking in the Song of Solomon, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. Mm -hmm. And Amal, one thing that you said that just kind of struck a nerve with me as a pastor, it was like, if we're not careful, we can allow good things to get into way of our marriage. And what I always like to tell people is that before I love the church, I work for a church that's God's bride, but before God instituted the church, he instituted the family. Mm-hmm. And before Ooh. he instituted the family, he instituted the marriage. And so what good is it that, Oh, I'm getting a promotion at, my, at the church and they're giving me awards, but I'm not ministering to my wife. I feel like, you know, that will be a major L if I'm not having things in order. So in other words, I said all that to say this, don't let good things even church getting in the way of investing in your marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, you know, going to church on Sunday morning, talking about all the extra things. In other words, yeah. don't do too much, okay? Right, right. 
Yeah, yeah, don't do the most, you know. <laughs> and it's just, I just think it's awkward that if you're serving at the church and you're doing great there, but your house isn't great. Like, mm, to me, I think that's a little awkward. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So make sure your house is in order, mm-hmm. you know, and and then you can be more believable in church. Right. <laughs> say that. I know. For, <laughs> for real. But I mean, and you see that though, because a lot of people. I mean, a lot of pastors, even like if it's a small church, I feel like a lot of those pastors will go, 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 go all the time because maybe they don't have a hired staff and maybe they don't have people to do this and people to do that. And so they're always on the go. And so one thing, like my uncle has a small church, but one thing they're going to do is they're going to get out of town and they're going to travel. Like right yeah. now, I think they're in Myrtle Beach or somewhere. I don't know, but they're going to get out of town for at least a week at a time and they're going to travel just them and because their parents, their grandparents, and, you know, they are ministers in the church. And so they do a really good job of just going and having that time for their marriage. And so yeah. I like the fact that we do that, that we, we have started that. And so whenever we do get to, you know, a little bit up in age, we will still be doing it. So. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I have a startup. So I, some toy and I, we totally understand you know, the work that it takes, you know, to put in, you know, a startup organization. And then once the organization is up and running, Mm -hmm. you still have to work as hard to keep it, you know, but there are ways to balance that out. And she and I, we figured that out. So finally, that's good. good. (laughs) Work a hundred hours a week and find time for your, you know, things that matter. (laughs) We're we're a work in progress and we're constantly evolving and learning, learning one another. That's going to be some seasons where our spouse may be busier than other seasons, Mm -hmm. but we don't need that season of overdrive to be the norm. And so moral of the story is this, make sure you are showing up for your spouse. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Show up, please. Number four is forgetting the friendship. So this is a good one. Um, with business, life, careers, kids, it's easy to forget about the friendship. So elaborate. I feel like the number one person in my life over, you know, after God is, is my spouse. And if I cannot be 100% transparent and naked with my wife, then no one else can help me in that area, <laughs> you know, good. because like, yeah, you may have a guy friend and you can talk to about guy things, whatever. But there's nothing better than a, a wife that understands what a man goes through mm-hmm. and that I can tell my wife like, hey, you know what? I was walking down the street and this woman was looking at me and I had to fight against looking back, you know, without her feeling like, oh, he's trying to look at another woman or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Like uh, just about every single man is trying is either looking at a woman or trying not to look at a woman. Right, you know, like it's right. we don't like it. You know, the, the true righteous man doesn't like it. He's fighting against it. But she got she needs to understand that truth that men have that issue, you know, and it doesn't mean that we want to fall. I know I don't want to fall pursuit of that, but she knows that might be a struggle that I have. And there might be men who have really deep issues and they need to be transparent and say that to their wives. But they don't feel safe in that environment because it's not your best friend. Right. And again, I'm not saying not to have a man that you can talk to to talk about man things. And not every woman is strong enough to handle what a man goes through. Mm -hmm. But if you can find your way to being a best friend, then, yeah, you can have those tough conversations, because if it was your brother, (laughs) if your brother was saying these things to you, you know, so it's to me, I just feel like having my wife as my best friend and being able to tell her my 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 highs and my lows and and to be 100 percent honest and transparent with her um i think that gives her more security so it does and i was gonna say for me i grew up you know the first seven years of the marriage i kind of modeled our marriage like the example that was set for me from my parents so my parents my dad didn't go to church um great great man but just didn't go to church and my mom was the breadwinner. Um, and it was more of a friendship, but not, I guess it was, they didn't argue, they didn't fight, but I didn't see them go out on dates. I didn't see them hold hands. Um, I didn't see that type of marriage love, right? It was just more of they sleep in the same bed, they laugh and talk every day, and that was it. 
So by me marrying Ahmad after being with him for seven years, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we had a really fat, a solid friendship, yeah. right? Going into the marriage. See, that's seven um, years of completion. It's something, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, it didn't look good from man's point of view. <laughs> Preach now. <laughs> Going into the marriage, I um, I was like, okay, this is great. Like, like I, I, our friendship is different than what I saw. Like, this is real love, right? So I'm feeling great, but I didn't nurture it more. Like after we got married, it was just like we go to church together, check. We travel together, check. We both are making money for the house check. Those are all things that I didn't see growing up. Mm. So we're good. Mm. I don't, we don't need to go past that. So that's where I kind of dropped the ball with that, where I was just like, I'm doing better than the, than the past example that I had from my parents. So we're good. Like you want more of me, you tripping. Yeah. Mm. I was like, man, be my, Um, that's what I saw growing up was, you know, my parents who've been married for over 40 years. Yeah. You know, you can still see their friendship and the love, and the really. love that they have for each the other, kissing you know, and all of that, you know, you know? The serving to each other. You right. Know? And um, so so that's what I was used to seeing. So I, that's why I believe, you know, a friendship is imperative. Right. We are right. In, right. Instead with y'all, we agree. I believe that your spouse should be your best friend. Right. Of course, like there is like levels to it. like I love to play basketball, but. I don't expect my wife, hey, come play basketball with me. Right, no. right, right, right. Right, right, right. right. I'm not going to play football with my right, wife. And, and, exactly. So we, we get that. But then also on the flip side, my wife knows that I've been trying to do better on my fitness journey. So every now and then when I go walking, she would go walk with me, even though she don't want to. And I don't make her invite her. And sometimes she would go yeah. and she would show up as my friend. Or And this is similar to what y'all said about showing up for one another and the friendship. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she coaches volleyball. I'm not a fan of going and watching a volleyball game. But that's my wife, so I'm going to go and support her and be the one looking right. and cheering for that beautiful coach over there. <laughs> yes. There it is. Yes. But that's being the best friend, right? And yeah. unfortunately, you know, when you say, like, your spouse doesn't have to be your best friend, then then you treat it as a duty. Mm. Right? Then your relationship becomes legalistic, and it's mm. like, you know, and, and it's like that's that's not New Testament. That's not what Christ, you know, in the abundance of life that we're supposed to be living as, and w- since we're supposed to represent the church, Come on. you know, and it's it's what you just mentioned, Paul, where it's like, you know, I'm going to be there with my wife, you know, and and guess what? If you if you had to choose between cheering for your wife and going to play basketball, you're going to choose your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to choose your best Amen. friend. <laughs> I'll play basketball. I'll play basketball later. And let me just say I'm, this. I'm just saying. Now, I'm, your best friend may understand that you may not want to go and give you that grace to leave. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, but you're going to come to t- together as best friends and have that conversation. Right. Because you're like, your best friend don't want to hurt each other, right? Yeah. And, exactly. And, and a lot of times we treat our best friends better than we treat our spouses. Mm-hmm. Which is why, again, you have to. That's why the third reason why I disagree with that, because divine order is, is not God, your best friend, then, then your spouse. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yes, you preaching that. We got to remember that the divine order is our relationship yeah. with God, yeah. our relationship with spouse, yeah. and then everything else. And yeah. things work properly when they're in order. And let me just say, get this off my chest, because I love something that you said, Amada, and it, it made me have this thought that I've said before, is that marriage is meant to be enjoyed, mm-hmm. not to be endured. Yeah, and you when you said like, we got to be careful that it don't become a duty. So to the married people out there, do what you got to take to get the spark back, to get that passion back. If there's more dates, if there's traveling, if that's bringing in a third party by the way of counseling, that's the only time you need a third party is by way of counseling. Amen. Whatever you need to do to get that spark back, because marriage is meant to be enjoyed and not to be endured. Yeah. And number five, as we are halfway done, is unspoken expectations. And this is another good one because my wife is many things. But the one thing that she is not is a mind reader. So if I want something done a certain way, I should not assume I need to open up my mouth and communicate. Um, But enough about us. Tell my dear listener how daily unspoken expectations can be to marriage. So, you know, I... It's crazy because I think I modeled maybe just things that I'm seeing on TV, you know, Um, because, again, I didn't have those models from my parents. I love them. Great parents. But the marriage part, 
that model wasn't really there. So I'm just like, okay, this is going to be a guy where we can just come together. And now this is the beginning years. We can both make, make a good amount of money, combine that money, travel, and just enjoy life as a couple. Right. Um, And so that was it. That was my expectation. Um, And we're just going to have fun and just do everything together. But what I guess for me, what I, the selfishness kicked in because it was only my, what I thought was fun, what I wanted. Right. And I never really shared any of those expectations. I was never really taught to even have those conversations. Um, And another thing is he expected communication at least, you know, but I didn't really, I tell people all the time in those beginning years, I was more, no offense to husbands, but I was more like the husband because I did not communicate, nor did I want to. Um, so we would go see a movie and he would say, Hey, what did you think of this movie? And I'm like, it was a movie. Let's what, what do you want to eat? Where, where, what, we, what are we doing next? You know, he's like, no, but you don't want to talk about it. Like it was entertainment. What is there to talk about? So I was very, I don't even know how to describe. I don't know how he deal with me. Okay. But anyway, back to the expectations. So therefore I didn't know my expectations, but I thought I did. So because I didn't know how to communicate, I didn't know how to share any expectations or even what where they came from or where, where I wanted to be. So but this man, <laughs> I'm intentional. He's he's intentional. Yeah. He was able to sit me down and we were able to talk about it. Where did the expectations come from? Yeah. Um, can we even meet them? Because that's the other thing. Most people have very unhealthy expectations of their spouse. Mm. Very unhealthy. And so we were able to kind of talk about that and really get to that point of where can we meet in the middle? Number one, where did it come from? Can we do it? And how do we make it work for Toya and Amara? So Toya had poor expectations coming into the marriage and I had unhealthy expectations because I was setting a certain bar for Toya that she couldn't meet, you know, and, and even though I'm pretty good at communicating, it still didn't resonate with her because of her upbringing, you know? And um, so so that was probably the underlining issue through our marriage that boiled, you know, for many, many years until yeah. it, it, it it spilled over. Right. You know, right. Was her her poor expectations and my unhealthy expectations. Mm-hmm. And they just cons- consistently clashed. It's mm-hmm. like two, you know, decent people, mm-hmm. you know, with flaws that love each other. You know, we didn't really you know, we attracted to each other. We love each other, mm-hmm. fight for each other, you know? Um, but it was just those underlying expectations not being met um, that we, we talked about earlier, the small things, right? So that was like the the tiny thing that, you know, was just consistently eating at the marriage, you yes. know? And, um, and then about seven years later, that's seven again, <laughs> seven again, you know? And uh, and then that's when we had to, you know, we had this huge blow up. And yeah. that's when we said, hey, you know what? We have to really sit down and 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 deal with this. So 2017 was the year. Yeah. Is that seven again? <laughs> yeah, seven. Come on. God is no. He's perfect. Yeah. Right. right? So. So. Um, so, yeah. So that's when we had to sit down and like we had to really deal with our internal yeah. issues and um, and kind of going back to what we talked about. You know, uh, forgiveness is not an emotion. Love is not an emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had to we had to only lean on truth in our Amen. darkest moments of our marriage. Mm-hmm. With no emotions for each other. Well, she had emotions of hate. <laughs> she wanted to like destroy me. Yeah, and I had no emotions for her because I didn't want to be in the marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I'm just you know I'm done. Yeah, I have no emotions. Um, for, for Toya, but the only thing that kept me in it was only the truth of God. Mm-hmm. That was the only reason why I stayed. Yeah. And, and I actually told like in prayer, I said, God, the only reason why I'm going back home, cause I left the house, mm-hmm. found me a whole new girlfriend and everything. Mm-hmm. I said, the only reason why I'm going back is because of you, God, yeah. period. Yeah. I said, it's the only reason why I'm going back. I said, if you didn't exist, and you wasn't disciplining me through the process. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. I was getting my butt whooped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But expect, the yeah, expectation so. was the major issue yeah. in our marriage. Yeah. Fall for us that's what was it is. the expectation. Yeah. And don't get it twisted. At this time, 
we had been on two missions trips with our church. <laughs> we were serving. We were serving heavily yeah, in yeah. the marriage ministry. We were doing big um, marriage events with our church, what, once a quarter? Yeah, so we and were we had, serving. Yes, very active in our life group. Yeah. It was so it wasn't even the fact that we weren't that we were away from God. We were, it was we were it was what we we yeah. were very connected. Yeah. But it goes back to what we already talked about too. I was spending so much time in church, mm. so much time yeah. doing work for the marriage ministry that I dropped the ball right here. Right. Mm. She Say was that. not she wasn't investing nope. in in the marriage. It was it was a one-way street. Yep. It was it was, you know, because my upbringing, how I saw marriage, I was treating her as my best friend, trying yes. to communicate, letting her know, giving her heads up. Hey, you know, red flag, red flag. Yeah. And, you know, and like, I'm well, literally, like, and I'm literally, yeah, I'm like, we're talking, we're, we're serving together. We're good. Like at the time I had just had our son. So I was a stay at home mom for three years. Yeah. And I literally was like, now that I'm a stay at home mom, I can't just stay at home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. I need to be giving my time and energy to, energy to church. And I tell you, it took over. Yeah. I worked yeah. harder, which is, you know, there, we could talk about that another, another, another time. Another, another show. <laughs> I worked harder for my church than I did for any job I ever worked for. Yeah. And I've done many marketing clinical yeah. things, you know, you know? Yeah. and I'm just like, but that, that yeah. had all of me, all 24 seven, all mm. of me. Yeah. So expectations. Yeah. 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 It's expectations was the thing that yeah. the, the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, over years. Yeah. yeah. You know, just a little bit like a paper cut, you know, mm-hmm. after a while you get enough paper cuts, you can bleed out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible. But yeah, but, but God, <laughs> like yeah. seriously, seriously, no, seriously. Like, like he is, God is the only reason, the only reason yeah. why we are together. Yep. And that is the thing that makes a strong marriage strong is that not only are y'all committed to each other, mm-hmm. but y'all are committed to God. That yeah. Even yeah. when Amar was a man at Toya, he still loved God. So they brought him back to love and Toya. And yeah. So that's why. And that's ex- Paul, man, because that's exactly what I told Toya. I said, I said, I don't have any emotions right now. That's I that said, transparency. Right? Yeah. That was transparency. That's transparency. Yeah. I said, hey, I, I yep. don't have the emotions. Yeah. I said, but God moves faster than anything. So as long as I'm with him, I said the emotions are coming later. Yeah. So even though I was transparent, I still was telling her like it'll happen, you know. Yeah. So you know, there's people who are transparent and they don't know how to be transparent. Mm-hmm. So you can't like you know bring dirt without also bringing water, right? Right. You can't, right. You, can't, you know, yes. muddy somebody up without cleaning them up too, right? Right. So, right. <laughs> So, um, so no, so no, I always, you know, follow my own sword first, then I'm transparent Mm -hmm. and then I clean, right? That's, that's my mindset whenever I speak transparently and be honest. Yeah. So. And so when I came into this marriage, I think it could have been our first year. I'm not sure. It was. was It was. It was our first year. And so he was raised in a household that. He had both his parents there and they are still married now and they both in the church and all this stuff. And so I was raised, my mom was going to church, but maybe my stepdad wasn't. And so it still wasn't that like healthy relationship. And um, when it was our first year of marriage, I told him, I was like, I don't know how to be a wife. Like you have the expectations of me being a wife like your mom is, but I don't know how to be a wife. So you're going to have to give me some time to figure out how I'm supposed to manage this thing called wifelyhood. And so I think that was a big um, turning point in our marriage because we were able to be open with each other. And I was able to say that to him because I I mean, that's, I mean, it's hard to say because you don't want to go in and tell your husband, you don't know what you're doing, but I mean, I didn't. So I had to let him know that. And, you know, it was at that moment where we started really being like transparent with each other and talking about those different things and how I didn't see what he saw and he may not see, he didn't see what I saw and different things like that. And so, I mean, those expectations are, that's huge. I feel like people talk about a lot, you know, they talk about how infidelity broke their marriage up and how this broke their marriage up and how that broke their marriage up. But how do we get there? Mm, It was the unspoken expectations of this, this and that. Because 
you wanted it this way or they wanted it this way. And then it led to all these other things that was happening. And so being able to say those unspoken expectations is what, Mm -hmm. you know, drove y'all to that point. And then Mm -hmm. God brought y'all back. You know, I feel like that's huge. Y'all need to go on the road (laughs) sometime. (laughs) And the thing is, I want to, because for, for those who are listening, right. It's, um, it's not her fault on my decision to step out the marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. She that was my decision Mm -hmm. to make a foolish decision like that. Mm -hmm. But the responsibility that she takes is going back. She created an unsafe environment Mm -hmm. for me. So that's where she takes the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And this is something else that I wish the church would speak more on, because it's easy to talk about someone when they commit adultery. Right. and and they'll be like, oh, you commit adultery, ah, blah 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 blah. But no one talks about gluttony. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then oh. and then worse than that, and then worse than that, no one talks about if you created an unsafe environment. When there when there is scripture that says the person who creates the environment of sin is worse. Mm. <laughs> so so it's like no one wants to bring that up. <laughs> it's like if you trip somebody up to fall into sin. That's a really bad situation. Yeah. And and I think I think when we start to understand that as she and I understood it, then we was able to say, okay, we both need to equally work on ourselves simultaneously. Right. But a lot but marriages that we work with that we deal with, they usually wait for one spouse to do it first. And a lot of times when we see it, we're like, someone in there is actually creating an unsafe environment for someone else. Mm God is so perfect that he nullifies anyone's blame on anyone. <laughs> because if you're the one that's attacking someone or not receiving someone, you're just as guilty or maybe from God's perspective, worse mm. than the person who is actually suffering through something because you have the ailment. You are, you're struggling in your sin and you may not be struggling in that type of sin or struggling in anything, but you're holding someone back from healing. And that is a really, really bad situation. But many people aren't aware of that. They're not aware. And I wasn't even aware of it until I was actually reading scripture while I was in my darkness. Right. So I'm reading scripture in my darkness while I'm in the middle of infidelity, still reading structure, scripture, mm-hmm. still praying to God, asking him why I'm in this situation mm-hmm. and how can I get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. And and these were scriptures that were coming up to me. Um, to hold me accountable. Um, and to be honest, I was sending scripture to Toya like, hey. And I'm is- like, <laughs> this from you right now. I do not want this. But at the same time, oh, go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, but at the same time, as he's sending me scripture, of course, that's that's God's word. Yeah. That's that's the word, right? Yep. And so it's softening my heart, mm. right? Because it, my, my flesh is upset that he's sending me scripture knowing he's out in them streets. Yeah. And I'm home, (laughs) you know, falling apart, but you're sending me scripture. So over time though, um, because that's when I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired Mm -hmm. of not being at peace. You know, I'm tired of all this. What do I do? Help me get out of this. And that's when he softened my heart to where I'm just like, okay, I'm understanding. Like I can listen to this word. This is actually God's word. Like I can hear this and I need to now look at myself and be like, stop looking at where we are now, but do let, let's focus on how we got here. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even have that conversation, but God just revealed that to me and we were able to really work towards it a lot faster because our God is an amazing God. Come on, testify. It is. Only he can do stuff so fast. Turn it around. People are like, this was three months ago, and y'all are living back together, and y'all are in the word in your church. Three months ago, you were here, and now you're here, Mm. and it's like, God, nothing else for you. Nothing. We both surrendered. We both looked at ourselves, and we said, divorce is not an option, and we're gonna fight. We are gonna fight, and we're gonna lean on him. Period. So nobody can tell me nothing. Nobody can tell me nothing. that you were cheated on. Yeah. I don't care that somebody, you know, I don't care all those things because I know what God put us through. Right. But if, and if, but if you choose to do things your way, then, then it might take you right. 10, 15 years right. and you still look at right. the thing. It was like, 
See, one thing is there are people who are in their sin that become comfortable in their sin yeah. or they justify their sin. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that. comfort is, you know, because you may not be aware, but when you're justifying your sin, that is a dangerous that's a spot. Dangerous place to be. And, and that was one thing that, you know, because I was being like having like nightmares and it was more, wow. we can get into that. That's a whole other show. But because <laughs> like God was really moving in my life in a way to let me know that. I am his. <laughs> he made it clear that I belong to him. Yeah. So that's why I think there are people who are in their sin that may not be as motivate, motivated to get out because the Holy Spirit is real. Yeah. And, and I just kind of want to tell, like, like you might want to check your spiritual pulse if you're in sin and you're not being convicted because what, what, I, what I experienced with my relationship with God is I was not comfortable in my sin ever. I never felt comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. And I was fighting to get out of it, mm-hmm. like scratching to get out of it, like dying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I I was like, I wanted to hurry up and get out of it. So I, I think I think that was part of that motivation was because I know the love. Of, I truly know the love of God. I know how much he loves me. And and he showed it to me for the first time ever in my entire life during the darkest moment of my life. And I just like wanted to hurry up and get back into where I needed to be. Right. And and there was ways that my wife and I healed through infidelity and broken trust that when we share this with other couples, they're like, no, we wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, because you're thinking about doing it in your own strength. So now we know what God's strength feel, felt like for the very first time ever. Like we know what God's strength feels like, you know? Okay. So I just want to kind of wanted to make sure that part of our story was known because we know there are many of our brothers and sisters that are in sin that may be comfortable or justifying it. And I know you're not comfortable. Yeah. I know you're not comfortable and, and you can fight your way back in his strength. So. Mm-hmm. And I got one more thing to say, sis. I want to commend you because year one, you went to your husband and said, I don't know how to be a good wife. Mm-hmm. It took me breaking down to rock bottom this seven years in marriage when we went into our total darkness. It took that for me to realize, oh, Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I literally all those years, whenever he would say, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I got defensive mm-hmm. and I'd be like, why don't you tell me how to do this? <laughs> or I felt insecure right. because yeah. his mom was a stay at home mom mm-hmm. and she cooked and she cleaned and she found joy in serving her family. And I'm like, I'm not that mm-hmm. I, I like working. Right. You know, I like doing these things. Right. And so whenever he would say, well, hey, why don't you call my mom and ask for this recipe or how about, and I don't, one more thing, I don't love to cook. I cook (laughs) because I don't love being, I don't love it. quiet so the people in the back don't hear you. (laughs) I don't, but... But I, it took me some years, but when I was a stay-at-home mom, that's when I learned how to cook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's okay. I don't need to love it, but we need to eat right. and we need mm-hmm. to spend money and we need to be healthy. So let me learn how to do it. But the fact that you in year one said, I don't know how to do that this. That is really strong. Like that is huge. Yeah. That is so huge. And I just want to commend you for that because yeah. it took some years for me. <laughs> and now she meal plans. So look at that. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it took us 20 minutes to unpack number five. And I'm. Yeah! And, oh, yeah, my bad, man. Oh, no, my bad. No, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, going, I'm going somewhere with that. It took us 20 minutes to unpack number five. And I'm so glad that we're not on like a, a time limit per se, because there was a lot of things there that I think marriages really needed to hear. Yeah. So I am so glad that y'all slowed that down, told us that part of your story. And before we move on, there's a couple of things I want to say is that. I'm so glad and thank you for committing my wife for that because there's no book out there that says how to be a wife or how to be a husband. If there's a book out there, stick with me. There's no book out there that says how to be a wife to Paul Calco or how to be a husband to Ariel. And so we got to give each other a lot of grace Mm -hmm. and to communicate our expectations. And so give each other a lot of grace. And another lesson in that, that I really want to highlight. I don't want to just pass by. If you are walking in sin, don't justify that. Mm-hmm. Come out of sin, repent, and turn back to God. And yes. I know I'm saying a lot, but a couple more lessons that they say oh, I really want to highlight. Fight 
for your marriage. Yeah. It's so easy to justify, oh, they made me mad and they just did one too many things. But once again, you made a covenant before God to your wife in front of your friends and family, not just guests, but they are witnesses that you was going to be together to death. Do you part? And so don't get so offended. In other words, fight for your marriage. And lastly, for real, stay i know i didn't have about five sermons in that and lastly for real <laughs> now go for it man sounds good <laughs> thank you brother i appreciate that amen stay connected to god yeah. amount of love what you said that even when you was in your mess you stay connected to god and they remind yeah. me something what my parents said i remember when they was going through a rough patch in their marriage my dad said that um he didn't want to talk to her and she didn't want to talk to him but they kept talking to god and eventually, yeah. they started talking to one another. I feel like preaching, but I ain't. Come on, man. <laughs> and without further ado, yeah. number six, lack of flexibility. Talk to us about that. All right. Lack of flexibility. That's that's basically um, um, grace, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just Toy's way of saying be grace, gracious with, with your spouse. Um, be flexible. So um, have patience, uh, be kind, right? The definition of love, right, is boiled down to just being flexible, right? If you just want to speak in layman's terms. So um, so if, if, if your wife is coming home from work and she's running behind and she's late and you expect her to cook, be flexible. Preach. You get in the kitchen to cook. It's, it's, it's also back and forth, you know, um, if, if, you're, if your husband you know, uh, you know, is is wanting to kind of get in his empty box. And it's during a time where, you know, maybe you want to watch the game and it's a double header. You know, it's you know, it's it's Sunday night. He already went to church with it and he served, you know, so so be flexible. You know, it's, it's basically give grace. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we, we all become routine and we right. have these habits. And sometimes we may not fulfill the habit. We may slip. We may make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may want to change our minds, right. you know, in the ninth inning, change their minds in the ninth <laughs> inning, you know, uh, you got to be able to be flexible and make that change. Yeah. You know, can we just go to one more store? We've been the <laughs> thing on Keep it real. You know? <laughs> all right. All right. It's just across the street, you know, <laughs> All right, the game starting fifteen minutes. Can I play it on my phone? You know? <laughs> Communicating good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like so. So this, you know, we keep it in real, right? Yeah, yeah. So you want to be flexible, you know, you know, because sometimes we we talk to marriages and um and it's one way or the highway, you know, right. you know my way or the byway, you know, yeah. and um and you you want to make sure you you have a good balance, you know, being flexible, which is grace. So grace, that's it. Grace. That's all I got too. All right. Number seven, family or societal pressures. I'm going to go back to where we talked about our own darkness. Uh Okay. So of course, how people, we know how everybody looks at adultery. Mm -hmm. That is, that is it. You know, it's like, I, I, if I forgive and and stay in this relationship after you've cheated, then I look like the fool. Mm. Right. Um, So as I was going through that, I had to be very selective of who I could share that with because mm-hmm. I knew certain people would just be like, oh, oh, that's what's going on. Oh, okay. Well, we got you. We got you, Toya. You know, we we support you. Let me come over there, help you pack. You what, you know, what do you want to do? You know, and I, but I knew deep down in my heart, I knew that there was a possibility that we would reconcile. Mm-hmm. I knew I always knew it was a possibility. Yeah. Um absolutely. so, but the societal pressure there is, well, he cheated. There is nothing to think about. There is nothing to consider. And of course, we we listen to this world, this culture, and that's a that's just an end. Like yeah. that's it. Um, there's nothing to even consider with that. It's just yeah. the relationship is over now. They've broken your trust. You can't trust them again. It's done. But so I'm sticking with that. So that's where with the societal pressure, I had to say everybody's not gonna know because yeah. I need people that are more supporting the marriage right. than Toya. Mm. I need that are going to support mm. the covenant that we made more than me. God is going to take care of me, but I need support around me. That's going to point me back to God. Right. So that way I know you're supporting the marriage and it could be the same with the family. So both family, societal, right. 
both the same, but it's like, is your foundation in Christ? Just like I tell people all the time, I have people come to me all the time in the DMs and everything or in my comments, you know, I keep people out of my business and I'm like, well, that's you. You're obviously going off of your emotions, your happiness. You're going to be done. Like anything can just tick you off and you're out of there. Is that how you really want to live your life? Always searching, right? But my thing is that's why it's important to find people that their foundation and their values are like yours. Prayerfully, it's in Christ. Because mm-hmm. they're going to always lead you down that way and not emotional, right? right? So that's where it's like, no, you don't tell everybody your business, right. but you make sure it's the right, the people, right people that you're telling exactly. your business to because you need accountability. You need support in this thing called marriage, in mm-hmm. this thing called life on this earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like My only two cents with that is that we need to follow Christ and not follow culture because mm-hmm. it, it, that's it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If we're not careful and we just, for example, I know if you just look at Hollywood and Netflix, sometimes the content and even social media, it tends to glorify infidelity. Yeah. It tends to glorify side chicks. They used to be mm-hmm. such a bad thing, but people want to glorify it now. And they yeah. often try to make marriage look boring, but the devil yeah. is a lie. Right. Marriage is yeah. fun. Come on. And yes, marriage glorifies God and it gives yeah. us the proper way where we can enjoy sex relations and and have a best friend and things of that nature so i'll have to say this to follow christ and not to follow culture and just be careful of the content that you consume whether it's netflix whether it's social media whether it's movies we got to be careful what we as my mom would say guard your eye gates guard your ear gates got to be careful that we don't let trash in because trash will come out Mm -hmm. right and and what i what i typically what we typically tell our uh, people that we talk to is if you can have a great career, mm. <laughs> you can have a, a great marriage. And the thing is, we put up people put more energy into having a great career or a great business or a great hobby or have a great time, you know, at sporting events or, you know, writing a book or whatever. Oh, man, that's a, I had a blast. I had a couple of bad moments, but it was a really great process. Right. <laughs> right. But how many people say my marriage is a really great process? Right. You, you know, it's like you don't put in the same effort and energy into right. it so so i so i remember when toy and i first got together i said we can have more great moments in our marriage than we have bad moments mm-hmm. Man, i said good. it's up to us to make that happen mm-hmm. and um so finally we're at that point where it's like we high five each other every day she's calling she's happy it's like yeah we were happy to see each other when we were dating right. yeah <laughs> like yeah. why all of a sudden we get married and all of a sudden it's like you know the old ball and chain <laughs> right 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 <laughs> you know so I don't mind being shackled to your feet, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so many good things have been said, and we are finally at the end of the road. And last but certainly not least, as we have highlighted the eight overlooked reasons why marriages fail, and it comes down to a lack of self-knowledge. Toya, Ahmad, what you mean by that? Talk to us. Okay. Lack of self-knowledge. So this just goes back to your beautiful wife. When she came to you and said, I don't know how to be a wife. Um, my issue was instead of me looking in the mirror, I'm always looking at him. Well, you're not doing this. Well, mm-hmm. you're not doing that. My go-to was also always to just be defensive. It was, I didn't want to hear anything. You couldn't tell me nothing. Cause let me tell you something. I am a firstborn. Number one. <laughs> number two, I was raised by a woman that was the breadwinner. So she always said, you need to have all your stuff together. Don't depend on your husband to do it. You still need to have your own. Right. And in that marriage, in our marriage, it's been difficult because I've had to learn after having a lifetime of being raised to have my own, do my own, you know, all those things to now be in a marriage where my husband is like, sit down. Mm -hmm. let me (laughs) you know sit down I can help like I'm here you are not a single parent Mm -hmm. you are not any in which I wasn't raised by a single parent but my but my dad you know like I said my mom did a lot you know and my dad was was there um but anyway so the the self the lack of self-knowledge is me (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that hit home for me where I was just like oh wow let me look at myself like what what went wrong like what what are my expectations? What do I need to work on? What what is going what is going on in this head? All those years that I didn't want to articulate or communicate and I didn't know how. And now I need to learn how to even think for myself. Like, what do I want? People talk about love languages. And for so long, because my mother's love language was acts of service, I assumed 
that was my love language because that was what was modeled for me. Mm-hmm. So it took years to say, oh my goodness, like my husband gives me acts of service. Why am I saying that that's my love language? Like <laughs> not saying that because right. he gives it to me, it's not it. Right. But I was like, that's actually not my love language. Yeah, you realize you know, like I actually like physical touch. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind getting flowers. When we first got together, he was like, I can, you know, we, we were dating. He was like, you know, I don't mind, you know, giving you flowers sometimes. I'm like, don't waste your money on that. They just going to die. Yeah. Don't funny. give me no flowers. But now... It's like, I know they're going to die, but it was the thought. So now I just look at it so different. Like, this is just you doing something to say, hey, I thought of you. Mm -hmm. Hey, I love you. Like, I'm just now like, oh, wow, I get it. So it's just that that self-awareness, that self-knowledge. It's like, I asked God to open my heart to it, allow me to see, allow me to not be in my own world and really look at myself. And here we are. So that was it. When I tell you. I didn't know, and I thought you couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that pride, right? Ooh, yeah, that's good. And see, and one thing is, and I want to talk to the husbands a little bit because I believe wives deal with this a lot more than husbands do because, um, you know, making that transition from being, you know, a daughter or a single woman into marriage, like that's that's three mental shifts, and men don't have those mental shifts. Because when we're a son, we're we're groomed to be a leader and to mm-hmm. handle our business from from birth. You know, we're groomed to do that. And then when, then we're single, we're handling our own business. And then we get into marriage, we're handling our own business. <laughs> mm. So men, when we grab a wife, we have to be flexible and give grace and realize that's a transition from a woman perspective coming from being cared for to running her own deal to going back to being cared for, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't care what time period that is. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've never heard you say that before. Well, you know, baby girl, good. I have a couple of you know, gems that I kind of keep. Yeah, you know, in the back pocket, uh, you know, so right. I'll save some of the good ones for shows like this. <laughs> for shows like that was so good because I never thought about that too. That the shifts that the woman have to have to go through because as a man, like I'm always thinking, all right, how can I provide? How can I protect and things like that? And so, just a quick recap: the top eight reasons, overlooked reasons why marriages fail. Uh, number one it was lack of investment. Number two was unforgiveness. Number three, not showing up for your spouse. Number four is forgetting about the friendship. Number five, unspoken mm-hmm. expectations. Number six, the lack of flexibility. And number seven, family or societal pressure. And number eight was lack of self-knowledge. And this has been a wonderful episode. So many good nuggets. And before we let y'all go, we just want to give y'all the floor. Want to let them know about the podcast that y'all have. How can we connect with y'all? And I'll leave the link in the show notes so they can connect. Perfect. All right. So our podcast is the Relation Shop, S-H-O-P podcast. So Ahmad is actually the producer, but you can hear him laugh and talk in the background sometimes. (laughs) 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 But I do the podcast with Eric and Jason. So uh, we all started in a life group together. Um, They're both pastors. Eric is a counselor. So we're able to just try to have fun. It's three friends that get together. We just want to laugh and talk, but give advice uh, based on biblical facts. And and that's we just want to have fun with it. Um, So that's what it is. Uh, Instagram is Toya underscore marriage advice is where you can find me so for me you know i i produce talk shows for uh coaches uh, those in the self-development industry and influencers and um and i do this via audio and video content so podcasts or or youtube videos etc so i've been in the radio industry for over 20 years and um so i've made the transition from working in commercial radio into helping to create content for influencers such as yourself so that's what we do. And your Instagram website. Oh, my website is myproducer. See, I'm not a good mark. She's the marketer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, myproducer.biz, uh, basically, you know, if you're looking for a producer, then I, your producer, right? So you look myproducer.biz. Um, I make you feel like you're in the industry. Um, you're going to feel like you're in the radio industry, the broadcast industry when you work with me. So, um, so that's the experience that we provide. 
we provide. So there it is. Yeah. And I'll be sure to leave all those links in the show notes so you can connect with them. And I know we've been following each other on Instagram, but it's our first time meeting in person. And we just want to say that we are so proud of y'all. We just met y'all, but and we already proud of y'all and rooting for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed the show. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can come back and be a little bit more transparent and embarrass us some more for the greater good. <laughs> that's it. That's what we're here for. Hey, that's what we went through it, right? <laughs> so it. we can come back and give back. There we go. There we go. I yeah. love it. Yes. Thank y'all so much for coming and adding value to us and our listeners. But I know for a fact y'all added some value to our relationship and our marriage. And so I thank awesome. y'all for that because now I got to go figure out what are my unspoken expectations. That was good. And not just thanking them for being on, but we want to thank you for tuning in and listening today. Yes. And if you like what you heard, be sure to share this episode with a couple that you want to see thriving in their marriage. And until next time, go be all that God has called you to be. And we out.